Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Uh, We're in Jeremiah chapter number two today, and we're going to be talking about Jeremiah's very first message, which is uh, kind of humorous to me, not not for Jeremiah's sake, but but makes me think about my first message I ever preached. I still remember it. I preached it as a senior in high school. I had no business preaching any message. I did it for kind of a fine arts kind of competition, and I still remember the text, it was 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses like 12 through 14, something like that. And I called the message, The Three-Step Staircase to Happiness. And it was awful. I mean, it was awful. First of all, it, it had four points. The, the three-step the three staircase had four points. And secondly, it had nothing to do with happiness. So I don't know how I got that title, but... Uh, I hope it's not recorded, and I don't think I have the outline anywhere, and that's good for humanity. Trust me on that. Unlike my first message, Jeremiah's first message was a doozy because it was directly from the Lord. So this is the Lord's message, and Jeremiah faithfully communicated it. So let's look at it. Jeremiah chapter number two, and let's begin reading in verse number one, where the Bible says, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem. So remember, Jerusalem is the capital of Judah, and Jerusalem is the center for worship. The the temple is still there, the great Solomonic temple. And although they've abused worship, although they have resorted to idolatry, and the people are far from God, uh, there's still at least the symbol of worship there. The temple is still there. They're still going through the motions, if you will, especially now that Josiah has reinstituted much of the practice of religion. And watch what God's message is now through Jeremiah, because he says, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, thus saith the Lord. That's always a good way to preach a message. What does God's word say? Let me communicate a thus saith the Lord message. And what does the Lord say? Well, look at it. Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee. He's speaking to Jerusalem, speaking to his people. I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness and a land that was not sown. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, and the first fruits of his, in, of his increase, all that devour him shall offend, evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. What is, what is the Lord's message here to his people? How is God grabbing the hearts of, getting the attention of his people? How does he introduce his message? Well, it's interesting because God says, Our relationship right now obviously is strained. It's not what it was. 
But let me take you down memory lane, says the Lord to to his people. And let me just say, I remember the way it was. Let's go all the way back to, metaphorically, when we were first married. Like when I first brought you out of Egypt. Remember those early days? I remember that. I remember the kindness of your youth. I remember the love of thine espousals. I don't suppose that there's a greater metaphor for love than a young married couple so in love. They don't have the fancy house. They don't have the the nice stuff. They don't have the fancy car. They have each other. And they have uh, they have that love, that inseparable bond, that, that early honeymoon love. That's what God is talking about here. I, I remember, I remember that, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousal, when thou wentest after me into the wilderness. Remember, it didn't, didn't make a difference where we were, didn't make a difference what we had. You, we, it was us. It was our love. The Lord said, I remember that heart. I wonder, could that be true in your life? Could that be true in my life where the Lord could look at me and say, I remember thee. I remember that first love. I think that's what God said through the apostle John to the church at Ephesus. Hey, you're doing a great job. Your doctrine is wonderful. You you work hard. You're so organized, but you have left your first love. You've left your first love. I remember you. I remember that. Understand that at the basis of every relationship is love, is a heartfelt devotion to each other. And sometimes we can lose that, leave that, and get into the perfunctories of ministry get into the roboticness of ministry, the going through the motions of ministry. That's what was happening here. And so God, through Jeremiah, said to those people, I remember. Can you imagine as Jeremiah preaches this message, reiterates this in the courts of the temple, in in the platform that he has, and people are hearing this? What are they thinking? As Jeremiah, with great passion, is telling them, You're not where you need to be. Your heart is not right. Get back to God. Look at verse number four. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. So in verses one through three, he's kind of stating, this is the way it was. I miss that. I wish we could have that back. But because it's no longer there, because you have backslidden, because your hearts have grown cold, because you're not where you once were, let me now say this to you. So here's the the message within the message that God gives to his people. Verse number four, hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Interesting that even though the nation of the Northern kingdom has been destroyed, Israel, God still retains that name for his people. Remember, he renamed Jacob the deceiver, the, the deceiver, renamed him Israel. And your children will be known as the children of Israel, a prince with God. Yes, you may have failed me, but I'm not going to fail you. You may have misidentified yourselves, but I will still identify you. House of Jacob, all you families of the house of Israel. 
See, God is not only concerned with the nation at a corporate level, like here's the nation, but he looks at every family, all the families. It's a relational thing, isn't it? Isn't it? And really a church that has grown cold to God, to the things of God, is really just a collection of people that have grown cold to the Lord. Because at the, at, at the end of the day, a church as an entity really can't love the Lord. It's only as the individual people of that church love the Lord. So God parses it out here, doesn't he? To say, yes, it's the house of Jacob, but all you families. He gets down to a more nuclear level, doesn't he? Look at verse number five. Thus saith the Lord, what iniquity, what iniquity have your fathers found in me that they are gone far from me and have walked after vanity and are become vain? Do you see how God stirs the conscience of the people here by asking a question? And essentially, the question that God is asking his people, remember verses one through three? I remember how it was, how sweet your love was how dedicated you were, like a child loves a dad, like a young bride loves her husband. When it was all about the relationship and not what I could do for you, I remember that. What happened? Did I do something wrong? That's what the Lord's asking here. Was it something I said? Was it something I did? What did I do wrong? How did I fail you? Obviously, the Lord does nothing wrong. He's altogether lovely. Obviously, the Lord, but he's asking the question because questions stir the conscience. The Lord says to his people through Jeremiah, I'd love to have been there that day as Jeremiah is preaching this message for the first time. Just a kid preacher, maybe 20 years old, 25. That's unheard of for a young person like that to be out there Typically, you wouldn't say anything until you're age 30. Even the Levite, the ones that just served, uh, wouldn't begin their teaching ministry until age 30. So this must have been shocking that, that Jeremiah would get up and challenge the people like this. God told me to say this. No doubt people were shocked by that. And then for Jeremiah to say, and God's asking this question, what have I done wrong? That you are going in the opposite direction. What have I done wrong? that you no longer love me? What have I done wrong that you no longer follow me? Is it something I've said or done? It's a question that's stirring the conscience of the people. Look one more time at verse number five. What iniquity have your fathers found in me? This is a generational problem. Hey, no doubt he's pointing back to even the days of Manasseh. The whole nation has turned from God that your fathers have found in me, that they are gone far from me. It's not like uh, they've just stopped using nice names for God. No, they, they've gone far from me. Watch this. They have walked after vanity. It's not just that they have left me, but look at what they're involved in. They're chasing the wind. Vanity means emptiness. Famous in the book of Ecclesiastes is the whole concept of vanity, and you, you have walked away from me and everything you're doing is just a waste of time. You're frittering your life away on worthless things. You're become vain. Your whole life is an empty, worthless exercise. Here I am. Hey, remember me? Hey, have I done something wrong? Hey, 
And I think that's what the Lord does today. He looks at a mediocre and lukewarm Christianity that's pervaded our nation. And I think the Lord kind of waves his arms today and says, hey, what have I done wrong? I love you just as much. I'm just as vested. I'm the same God I've always been. Why are you spending your life on empty things? Come back to me. Now, the message is not over, but but our time is. So we're going to stop there, verse number five, and we're going to come back mid-message tomorrow to verse number six and find out how God continues to convict his people about their their wandering, their, their volitional departure from God. Come back next episode. We'll talk about it. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.